We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, Episode 53 with Frank Schofield. Welcome to Transformative Principle, the show where we learn every week from a leader who's making a difference, how to become better and improve our schools. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. You can find great resources and the show notes at transformativeprinciple.com. This week, I have some exciting news to announce. I'm launching a new product on my website. One thing that I've learned from these interviews is that open, honest communication is absolutely vital to being a successful principal. Sometimes people feel nervous or uncomfortable to talk to you for, you know, it could be for anything. It could be they're just nervous to talk to you. It could be that they don't think it's that big a deal. Maybe they feel awkward talking about something. What this product get does is give people a way to talk to you. They're called communication cards. And what they do is they allow a teacher or someone else to come to you and say, here's my issue, and they let you know how you should respond to that. Now, this is really quite cool because usually we don't talk about why we're talking right now. And we just kind of go in and start doing something. So somebody could come in and their desire could be really to just vent to you about what is going on and not expect a solution. Other people may come in and say, this is a big problem and we need a solution without actually saying those words. So what the communication cards allow you to do is to provide that framework for people to come to you and say, this is what the issue is. Maybe it is that I do need to vent. Maybe it is that I want to brag about something. Maybe I need help solving a problem. For example, the it's all about the money card lets you know that someone thinks that money in a situation wasn't resolved correctly. That's a hard conversation to have, especially with your boss. And especially if they thought they'd be getting paid more than what they actually did for some sort of work they did. 
obviously most people aren't going to complain about getting more than what they bargained for. So what this does is it allows you to set the expectation for the meeting and it, it lets you know as the person receiving the card how you should respond. So this is very effective to do back to your faculty and staff as well because then you can model what it looks like to take this to them. This includes my favorite strategy for communication, which is I have a storyline, which lets the person know that they're going to say something that makes them feel vulnerable and they're going to share something that's deep to them. I'm going to put a link to my blog post about that to help you understand that a little bit more. I've talked about that many times on the podcast before. I use these with teachers. Teachers use them with me. I use them with students. And it's a great way to start a conversation because com communication that is clear and open is what makes amazing things happen. Also, because you are a faithful listener to the podcast, I'm going to give you these communication cards for free. You just need to use the coupon code transformative to get them for free on the website. So there's a link in the show notes to these, but also go to jethrojones.com new dash products and you can get them there as well. I hope you enjoy them and that they help you become a transformative principal. Uh, my name is Frank Schofield. I'm the principal at Midvale Middle School. We're in Midvale, Utah, just about 30 minutes south of Salt Lake City. Uh, we're an ethnically and socioeconomically diverse school of sixth through eighth graders. Awesome. And you've been the principal there for two years now, is that right? Yeah, this is my second year here. Great. Before that, I was an elementary principal for seven years, and before that, I taught high school. Awesome. Um, and you, uh, you've you always been a principal that I have admired greatly, and always someone that I've tried to emulate as much as I can, and so it's an honor to me to be able to interview you today. So thank you for taking the time for me. Well, you're very kind. I'm happy to do it. So um, let's start by talking about some uh, some intervention uh, or uh, some math data that you posted last week about your um, well, just tell me about how you do how you do math at your school and, and about the data that you posted last week. Well, the data that we posted is is really exciting because it comes from our co-taught classes. We have one class at each uh, grade level that is co-taught, meaning it has students with IEPs uh, integrated into the general education classroom. And you have both a gen ed teacher and a special education teacher working with that group of students. And the, the goals are to help students with IEPs integrate into the mainstream and, and get some modeling from their, their same age peers uh, while they're getting the appropriate level of academic support. Now, Generally, you try to set that up so you've got about one-third of students on IEP and, and two-thirds of gen ed students. We haven't been able to maintain those ratios. We're closer to 50-50 mm -hmm. in those classes, which puts a great deal of uh, stress on those teachers. They've been working extremely hard. Yeah. The exciting thing about the data that I shared is that's in you know, one of our most highly impacted classes. So in our seventh grade class, at the start of the year, they had 40% of their students um, performing in the uh, significantly below grade level range on the M comps, uh, so a math computation uh, assessment. 
this most recent test that they give, that 40% had dropped down to 8.6%. So it was a huge, wow. a huge decrease uh, in students performing below grade level, which was, which was nice to see. Um, so that's been fun to see. Our eighth grade class, which is the same uh, setup, just with our eighth graders, went from 50% um, in the red on their first assessment to 25% in their second. So even in that class, we saw a tremendous amount of growth. And the exciting thing, as I talked to the math department, is they're seeing that same growth in their other core-level classes. <coughs> so where at first you might say, well, they're seeing that growth because you got two teachers in the room. You know, they're working together. That does help. But they're seeing that the plan that they're following with setting some clear curricular goals, some clear achievement goals, and a consistent uh, team-developed plan for how to reach those goals is benefiting all the students, not just the ones in that, uh, in that COTOC class. So that's been really cool to see. So would you say that the success is because of the, um, because of the COTOC nature of the class? Um, or the, or the curriculum that you're teaching, or is it the actual goals that they're setting? Tell me more about the, the goals also. I think it ties into the curriculum and the goals. Um, the, the structure in the COTOC classes, as I already told you, is, is not the ideal structure right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's just been a reality of, of where our numbers have ended up. So we've had to make, to make some adjustments there and back off the co-teaching model in a couple of classes, uh, just because it was overwhelming the the teachers and wasn't working right for the kids. So the model is, has helped. The curriculum, of course, with uh, you're familiar with the curriculum maps that we use in Canyons and the way they, they spiral through the, the content uh, and trying to put cumulative review and all of the lessons, you know, that has helped. But, you know, where the rubber really meets the road is the teachers being able to use data consistently to see where their students are, what level they're at, and then saying, okay, what am I going to do now to keep building on this? Where do we need to go next? What uh, do we need to revisit? What skills do we need to develop some more in class? How are we going to restructure our groups to make sure more kids are benefiting from in class? That's, that's where the, I think that's where the real strength uh, of our teams has come from. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing those results. Hmm. So is there a curriculum that you're using or are you just following the curriculum maps that, um, that the district has created? We use the, the district's curriculum maps. Um, there is a computer-based tool called Reflex Math okay. that students can use for their uh, kind of independent practice. And it goes in and provides... Um, leveled practice opportunities depending on their skill and where they test into the program. So that is, I guess that would be the one, you know, quote unquote program piece that's been implemented. But more and more we have our teachers, you know, our, our math lead is a former elementary teacher and she is very confident with the use of manipulatives, um, using pictorial representations of math, etc. So she uses those a tremendous amount, and she's been able to help uh, our other teachers who have more of a secondary background to see how they can incorporate manipulatives a little bit more 
and use that to help students who are struggling with some of their basic math concepts. So really it's the curriculum map um, from the district, which is built off the Common Core Standards, lays out the overall sequence of instruction, but then the teachers, um, by looking at frequent assessment data, are able to make decisions about what sort of supports they need to put in place. And then with um, our leads expertise with manipulatives and those types of supports, they've been able to better address those, those really low-performing students. Cool. So tell me about the goals that you've been setting with the students. What does, what does that look like? What that looks like is as a team, they sit down and say, okay, here's our, your first math computation test. Here's the level kids are at. We do some in-class activities to make sure that we've got a couple different data points. And we say, okay, yeah, this is an accurate representation of where our students currently are. What they then do they say, okay, here's what we need to cover through the curriculum. Here's where the map is going to take us. What skill level do we need to get students to to really help them be successful with this? <clears throat> so, for example, in terms of math computation, seventh grade math, they say, all right, if these are the concepts we're going to be studying, what level of math computation skill do we need students to be at? And then as a group, they say, okay, here's the goal. We need, you know, X percentage. And really, we want to get at least, you know, 70, 80% of our kids performing appropriately on the math computation in order to really help them be successful with the content. So that's the goal they set. And they say, where are we right now? So, for example, if we started the year in our seventh grade COTOP class at 36% in the green, you know, performing on level, We've got to get that up to 80. So what are we going to do to promote that growth? And that's when they say, okay, well, every day we're going to do a certain amount of math fluency practice. Every day or three times a week, we're going to do uh, this type of probe so kids are using um, the math computation skills that we're going over in this context, you know, on this assessment. We're going to use manipulatives for these lessons to try to strengthen the conceptual understanding. So really it's looking at where are students right now, where do we want them to be at the end of the year, what is the progress that we need to start making with these foundational skills to get to that point. And to be clear, these you're teaching at grade level, right? You're not going down two or three grades to meet those students who are uh, on IEPs. You're teaching them at their current grade level is that correct yeah it, it's grade level curriculum so the, the kids in the seventh grade class are getting seventh grade math but they are getting the uh you know some differentiation so if they're deficient in their math computation skills for example they're getting support on those skills but the curriculum that they're being taught is the grade level curriculum okay and then when you're talking about the setting of the goals um you you mentioned setting a goal of what percentage needs to be in the green on MCOMP by the end of the year. Are you are those the goals you're setting with the students so that they know where they're at and what they need to do to achieve that goal as well? You know, I haven't been doing that as much with the individuals. What the teams will do, and this is one of the areas where we, we can definitely make some improvements. Um, we've been talking about how do we share this more frequently with with students, so they're aware of the progress that they're making. 
I don't think as a school we do that enough. We've been talking just this morning, in fact, uh, with my administration team about how we get more data, our data more public for our students and parents as they come into the school. The teachers will have individual conversations with kids. Uh, the depth of that conversation will kind of depend on the student and mm -hmm. where they are in the process. Uh, but that's one of the areas where I don't think we've done it to the level that we could in terms of setting goals individually with the students as opposed to teachers setting kind of whole class goals for the students. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So your teachers are making these goals. Are they making them in a data review meeting with you or are they doing it in their own team meetings? How does that work? They're doing this in their own team meetings. Our math department is able to... Well, we do cross-curricular teams that meet every week, and then on Friday mornings we give the math teachers um, at each grade level about an hour to collaborate. So our two eighth-grade math teachers will collaborate together, our two seventh-grade math teachers, two sixth-grade math teachers, and then once a month we try to get them together as a whole department uh, so they can focus on their goals together. But the majority of the time is spent with their grade-level counterpart talking about how they how they support kids with their curriculum, their grade level work, and with the specific needs that their data is showing up with. So this is where we're trying to strengthen, this is another area where we're working to improve is our use of common formative assessments, our CFAs. Mm -hmm. um, we're not, we're giving them, uh, I'm not sure that we're using them to the degree that we could yet, to really dig down on a frequent basis and look at student progress on the, the grade level curriculum. So that's that's an area we've been talking about and we're, we're working on it, but that's definitely one of our, our areas where we uh, have some goals for improvement. Gotcha. So for these kids in these math classes, is this the only math they take or do they have more intervention than what they're getting in that classroom? For most of the students, this is it. We do have a math lab. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six sections of that um, over the course of the day. That is tailored. That's tailored to students who are on the bubble. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're just barely um, at proficiency or they're just barely under proficiency. So the students in the co-taught math class generally aren't accessing that class. Uh, that's more for our students who are you know, just a few points below benchmark and we're just trying to get them up and over. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not really, a, it's not a double dosing class yet. Um, we're looking at some ways that we could incorporate more of that for next year. Uh, but it's for students who have their basic skills, they just need they need to move into the automaticity and the application stage, sure. whereas the kids in the co-taught class are still in the acquisition spot. Gotcha. Um, so when, when these, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought just a sec. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> how much time do they spend in, in the actual math classroom? Uh, the math classroom, it's an everyday class, and it's 55 minutes. So 55 minutes Monday through Thursday. Friday, we have an early out schedule, so class periods are 45 minutes. 
Okay. Um, so just under an hour a day. And then if they have the math lab, the math lab is 55 minutes uh, for those students who are in it. And that is in addition to their math class if they've been selected as one of the targeted students for that. Okay, so the students in this COTOC class, um, they get the 55 minutes. Students who are not in a COTOC class but are on the bubble, they do math lab, and they get 55 minutes twice a day because they're double dosing? Uh, they would, yes. Okay. And then, and then do you have six classes that meet each day? Yes. Okay. And so six six periods each day 55 minutes each is that right yes okay um so that are you guys doing the mcap as well or just the mcom uh we are doing the mcap we just haven't finished grading those yet they just administered them last week okay so we haven't uh we haven't been able to get the mcap data scored and entered into the system yet um, based on what the teachers are saying, do you feel like that's going to show as great an increase as the MCOMP did? Not as great. Uh, I think we will see improvement, but we don't plan on it being as big as the MCOMP data right now because most of the intervention support the kids have been receiving has been focused on the, the computation side. Gotcha. Okay, so you're really targeting a, a specific skill, computation, fluency, to be able to help them improve and increase their scores, right? In the interventions, yes. Okay. Um, all right, that's pretty awesome. Is there anything else about the the math co-taught classes that uh, you think is interesting or neat or um, something you're excited about that we didn't talk about? No, I think it's I think it's just a great example of how of really what's possible when you get a group of teachers who are collaboratively looking at data and saying, okay, here's here's where the data is. What do we need to do? Mm-hmm. And they're making instructional goals based on that. Um, I think it's fantastic because they're accomplishing some great things. And it's not because of a, a program per se. It's due to basic principles of, of good instruction. You teach, assess, evaluate. You teach and do more, and when they do that, they're uh, they're doing an awesome job. Yeah, I I totally hear you on that. Um, how how valuable do you see the goal setting process in that? Oh, it's huge! It's huge when the when the teams are able to make goals, and then they create a plan together. There's a there's immediately a built-in element of shared accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, if those goals are set by just the administration or those goals are just set by the department head, then you spend a lot of time trying to sell people on it. But when they as a team are able to say, okay, here's here's what we think needs to happen. If we're going to get kids to this at level X, you know, where they can be successful, then here's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Here's what we accomplished. And it, it creates that framework of, you know, we're doing this together, we're supporting one another. You know, what are we gonna what are we gonna get to? How are we gonna do this? And I, I think that's powerful. So I don't think you can overstate the value of the team goal setting and identifying both the goal, how are you gonna reach that goal, how are you gonna measure your progress towards that goal? You put all of that together and you've got a recipe for success. 
And and how do you how do you teach that to your teachers? Uh, I think it starts with your team leads and helping them understand the value of team goal setting. I think you have to model it through how you use teams to develop your school goals. So if you're doing a school improvement plan and you have to develop school uh, student performance goals, do you just have the administration putting that together? Are you involving a team of teachers and modeling that process? If you don't model that process, then, I mean, people are going to do the best they can, but they're ultimately going to go back to what they've seen done before. Mm -hmm. And if what they've seen done before is a centralized, um, top-down approach to goal setting, then that's that's just what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not because they're trying to screw things up <laughs> or because they're trying to not be collaborative. People just go to what they've what they've been exposed to. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.